name is Ellie, Big Bob Scapelli. What, what? His name is Martin Screlly. Sean, don't punch him in the belly. His name is Martin Screlly. In the belly. Sean, why uh, do you want to punch him in the belly? Uh, well, his name is Martin Screlly. So that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? For rhyming reasons? So would you want to fuck a buck? Or screw a kangaroo? Wow. I didn't mean an animal, Sean. I meant a dude named Buck. That's You like to fuck animals, dude? Um, I mean, you can. I think people can already tell this one is I, get the children out of the room right now. It's already cool way off the rails. The kids in the room anyway. A lot the of cool people. parents. Oh yeah, I see you out there. Whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. You can definitely tell we don't have an editor anymore. Sex is fine, Sean. Why don't we should be more like Francais? Eh? It's uh, all the sex is in the commercial. Yes, we see the naked titty. Hey. What is the problem with sex? We are okay with the violence. I mean, what is wrong with Mr. Brainwash, you know? Uh, I, I don't know. Why do we cover our genitals, Sean? Why are we so ashamed? Mm, maybe because it would be too difficult for most people to handle. Ooh, hoo, hoo, too hot to handle, too cold to hold. They call it the gold buses and they're in control. Well, this is um, Splitting Hostas with uh, Sean and Jeff. We're going to talk about all the different ways you can uh, split a hosta out near a flower garden. I was thinking about it, Sean. And not only can you uh, split a hosta two ways, but you could also split a hosta three ways. Yeah, you could probably do it to four if you really wanted to. Yes, and... And to pull that string, I was thinking the other day that you could do five, split it five times. You mean, but I don't understand. How could you do it five times? That doesn't make sense, actually. I'm gonna. Ha- we're gonna need a diagram. We're gonna need to change this into a video because I'm not very good at describing geometry. You know, that's actually the math class I did the worst in. I got a degree in math. from. I got a degree in statistics. I had to go up to calculus six, which was not fun. It was not fun. Around calculus four, it became very unfun. And uh, geometry has always been my worst one. I'm horrible at geometry. Like even just like shapes in general, like spatial recognition, I fucking suck at it. Hmm. Like how big is this room, Jeff? I'll get it. I'll be so wrong. Yeah, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't figure out the squared thing. No, I just like it's not the squared thing. It's just I can't look at I things. Don't lie though. Don't 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 lie. I'm sorry for lying, everybody. I'd like to apologize for about a minute ago when I lied. It's I'm sorry. And you can't split a house to five times. I'm sorry. Okay, I lied about better. that too. That's better. Now we're getting I'm sorry. somewhere. We're getting somewhere. Let's get down somewhere. to some truth, everybody. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Let's Here talk go. about what we've been playing lately. I'm Jeff, mm-hmm. and who are you? Teddy Ruxpin. And this is a podcast called Forever Quest. We've done about 160 episodes about a game called Forever Quest, and then we didn't want to play it anymore. <laughs> so we keep on trucking. 
who knows? We could come back. Episode 420, baby. When it comes out in VR. Yeah. P99 style. Taking down Vox. If it comes out in VR, I will play. If it comes out in VR, I will play. Well, it's out in VR, Sean, so buy your headset, baby. Get it hooked up. You got got to get that new Apple one, though. They got it figured out. Who wants to fucking hold shit while they're doing VR? Here, hold these. No. No. I ain't holding shit. Yeah, this was definitely going to be an art piece today. It's going to be some seriously good acting. And his some, name is Belly. Big yeah, bomb. Rapping. Pelly. Music. Uh, uh, his name is Martin I don't Spelly. know. Please don't punch him in. Honestly, belly. I, I don't really understand why this podcast isn't just way larger than it is. I know, right? It, it kind of bothers me, to be honest with you. I get upset every morning. I, I go to bed and I forget about it. By the time I go to bed, I've drank enough beers where i've forgotten about the fact of how upset i am and then i wake up and it all starts over again well here's the thing you know you you always talk about how you how, why we got into this and why we why we're doing this and yeah and then for jesus right and and so but for me it's always been something completely different and i i said that from the get-go i was like hey you know please help me help me to retire right oh because yeah. i want to do this and my this is what i want to do right and if I had more time, yeah, then there could just be so much more of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, you know what I mean? Do you feel that? What kind of lifestyle Wait a are we minute. talking Wait about a retirement? Minute. What kind do of retirement feel, lifestyle are we talking about? Do you feel the weight of that? More of this? Do you even understand what that means? No. I've basically blacked just, out for the last 10 seconds. I know. It's like this very, we've only like very, very small, very, very small amount. We've begun to like crack open the egg here. Just a very, very surface. Oh, so you're saying that you see like uh, a bright future? Do you know what's inside of an egg? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about today? I hope you hope you hope you've got to be home alone. Yeah, you're home alone for sure. I'm home alone, Macaulay Culkin style. Try to get in my house right now. Booby traps. Nah. Pitches a pal. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Grease shoes. It's no slick shoes. You remember slick shoes? Do you remember grease lightning? Oh, cream. I'm ready to go, Sean. Let's get into it. Today, we are not talking about EverQuest. Um, However, I do want to get back to it. There are some things to talk about. Like we have some just glowing reviews on Spotify that I really want to get to. We do have a new patron, um, which we should probably get out of the way right away. And uh, I also want to talk about what's been going on in the Discord. Some, you know, a little melancholy chatty. Just a little bit like it's really sad to see you guys go. Like, it, you know, we really felt like we had somebody to represent our community. And, like, we're not mad, but it's sad. So there's a little bit of that combo going on. And I want to get back to that, but not today, Sean. Not today. That's, today we're just going to. What? I apologize because I am i didn't know that. And so there's, yeah. don't there's be sorry. Lots, there's lots I mean, of sad. um, sadness. Melancholy, no, I think, is the word. No, no, they're everyone's fine. They're fine. They're gonna be fine. We're just uh, doing that whole change thing. 
You know what I mean? Well, I mean, come come along, join the ride. You know, join you can, the ride. Multitude of ways in which to do it. You don't, you know, the community's there. It's it. it We're gonna talk about how you can join the ride at the end of this episode everybody so right, stick around but there's more to be said there like just no, it, there's we don't we don't have to be the driving force behind that community it still exists and like the, the people are still there and if you need access to them they're there and so it's still what it is and what it was meant they're to still be. chatting about raids and stuff like that like the raids they went on last night and things like that it is a little more quiet though you sense a little bit of like you know it's you know it's changed, and it's, you know, it's a little somber. You should get in there and do your dance. I could do that. I could start to do a little bit of dancing in there. That might that might wake some people up. God, you made me so sad now with all this talk about somberness, Sean. Let's pick it up and welcome Brandon to the Patreon. Hey, Brandon. Thank you very much. We appreciate you for patronizing us. Isn't that a weird way to say it, though? Whoa. Are those two words like rooted together in hmm. Greek roots, like in Latin roots did? Because they seem uh, pretty well, different. I know. I was having that conversation with my wife. But they're not different, weekend. though. If you think about it, both no, is somebody with more power. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if the yeah. word's assisting, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Patron of the arts. Yes. Mm. I love patrons. Right. Like that lady, you remember that lady in Exit Through the Gift Shop who had all those paintings in her house that she didn't like? And I'm yep. like, I don't like her. I love yep. her. She's a patron of the arts. I love her so much. Yeah, in a way she is. Yeah. She was kind of hot for an older lady, Sean. Well, here we go. I'd stick my finger up her butt, Sean. Well, I think that do you have a pretty low bar for that, actually. I would do it, though. I know. I know. I think it's like 85% of the people you come across in life, you feel that way. No. Yeah, that's why no. I warn any anybody who meets with him in real person. I warn you, dudes freak me out. There's so few dudes in this world I would want to stick my finger up there, but I, it's maybe like I can't even think of one off the top of whatever. My head. I can name three right off the top Ooh. of my head. Tom Cruise. Okay, I would want to see what kind of noise he made. Sure, yep. like a little Brad, bird chirpy or something. Okay. Okay. Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin. These are yep, all non-threatening I can, I can men. Keep going. I can These keep are all going. non-threatening men that you're can, bringing up here. Would you like me to keep going? The turtle, Mitch McConnell. <clears throat> yeah, I can keep going. These are uh, Danny DeVito. No way. Yeah. I'd lose a finger. Nope. There's you. This I'd is lose all, a finger. This is all things it you want to melt do. Melt up in there. There's Arnie toxic Swartz. things happening up there. There's Arnie Swartz for sure. Yep. Because you just want to hear him say, take me to the chopper, right as you do it. <laughs> Today's episode, everybody, is about Valheim. It's the game we just wrapped up here. Uh, we just finished the new expansion called The Mistlands. We're going to be yeah. reviewing The Mistlands, and the first bit of it is going to be non-spoiler. And then we're going to go deep-ass spoiler. But we're going to... Try to go a little chronological, so if you're partway through it, you can always stop. You know, you guys get how this works. Sean, let's start off by introducing the members of our audience who have never heard of Valheim. They've never heard of us talk about it on a previous episode because they didn't listen to those ones, and they don't know what the shit we're talking about. So before I get into the newest expansion, tell everybody what this game is. Please. Valheim 
is a real-time game in which you are presented with the luck of having to work your way out of basically, I'll call it purgatory, an in-between place, in-between death and heaven or hell or wherever you go afterwards. And you are brought there by a raven, set there with nothing but your undie pants on, and it is more or less a collect-survive game in which you can find things and then put them together to make new things, such as a piece of wood and rock to make a hammer. And then from the hammer, you can build things. Um, it's also a fighting game. So you're making weapons and eventually making armor and eventually making magical stuff. Um, and then you go out and do more collecting. So every environment or biome has a multitude of things to collect, to make food, armor, you know, things around the house, such as tables, chairs, and beds, ovens, <clears throat> smelters, etc. So every time you find a new material, it's exciting because you get new recipes, um, and each new, like I said, biome has multitude of new things to find, including monsters to kill. Uh, and of course, it's progressive. It gets more and more difficult. And so you need the things from the new zone in order to beat the new boss from it. And oftentimes you need to like max your stuff out in order to do it. So it takes time. It's, a, it's not like a game that you jump in and beat in like five hours. Um, I think even if you're hardcore, it would be pretty difficult to, to do that sort of thing. Um, but that's, that's the basic, that's the premise of the game. Um, we played it and had beat all the levels. They had just put out an expansion called the Mistlands, which I think as far as expansion go, games go and an expansion goes like, I, I thought it was going to be pretty hard to make this game better. I thought it was pretty easy to wreck the game because of how good they, the mechanics were and the realism was with fighting. And I thought that they could wreck it with magic, um, but they did not. They actually, they actually made it better, which I, I did not see coming. So I, kudos to them. Um, they, I think they did an expert job of making a really good game better. Top notch. Yes, I agree. Top notch game, top notch expansion. Uh, this game came out, I want to say, about two years ago, and pretty much everybody in the world's played Minecraft or seen it. This game is kind of like Minecraft with a completely different skin on top of it. You can choose to just build all day, or you can choose to survive. Uh, there isn't a like build mode like survival like uh, Minecraft has. Uh, plus, this game actually has like bosses and um, like kind of levels. Your your skills have levels, but anyway. Uh, it's awesome. I love this game, and I want to get into the newest expansion with you now, Sean. Um, yeah, just briefly, the other thing about this game, beyond just the playability and all the, you know, the way the skills are set up and, you know, the environments, is the music. Like, everything is really good, and the visuals. Um, the only thing, like, the, the, the way they tie the music to the environment and the visuals and the gameplay is perfect, and the one thing I will say is, because I know they're listening, uh, if you could just make it so that we could swim underwater. Go underwater. Yeah. <laughs> I it. think 
I think you would. I'm serious. Then I think you've done it. Like you've. you've I'm really sure that's broken somewhere on open. the long term roadmap. But I believe that first is Ashlands, and then Deep North are the two next biome expansions. But come on, everybody, Deep Ocean. What are we doing here? Atlantis. Right. Yeah, there's got to be something amazing like that. But we'll see. Um, yeah, they've already they've already planned two more expansions. Um, and they're not for like another five to six months. So it's going to be a while before we get to play them. But, uh, in the meantime, if you haven't had a chance, I highly recommend it. Um, I think that's something that Jeff and I would jump on and play with people if they wanted to, to do that, try it out, let us know. I think, I think I would do that. Jeff, would you do that? To, uh, I'm sorry. And I was looking at this. God, God damn it, Sean, you caught me. I was, I was starting to plan for how to launch this off the story I was going to tell. Would I do what? I'm a good listener, Sean. Yeah, it's totally obvious. Um, would you would you play if if like somebody who hadn't tried it out yet wanted to try it out and wanted to play like on a Saturday or Sunday morning? Play Valheim? Yes. Yeah. Dude, okay. I mean, I there don't want to get into it too much, but right now we've started a new game, everybody. It's called Diablo 4. And I just wanted to play Valheim some more. <laughs> I love Valheim so much right now. To me, Valheim is, in my heart right now, Valheim is the second best game ever made behind Magic the Gathering. For me, for my personal taste in games, that's where I'm emotionally at right now. I'm sure that will change because Valheim's a newer game. It hasn't had time to age, but I fucking love this game. It's very good. It's definitely good. I I think it does. I, I lose, personally, I lose a lot of interest once the like once there's not a main goal anymore. Well, and I wanted to talk about that. Um, yeah. God, let's just get into that right now really quick. We still got freaking 43 minutes to go, Sean. We got to do the full hour, right? I, mean, I want to talk about the psychology because now Diablo 4 is a completely different game. It's super linear and it's super kill stuff and it's super goal focused. Mm-hmm. And you love that. And in Valheim, there's this whole aspect where if you want to, you can just build and there is no goal. It's just completely creative or you can explore because it's an open world where if you want to, you can go to the hardest biome right away and just die, you know, but obviously you don't want to do that, but it's an open world. So there's lots of exploring. Now I love this aspect of the game. I could just build for like eight hours and, uh, and now I need to approach this in a way where I'm not accusing you of being wrong because most people are like you. Most people want to like beat the game and like Diablo four is a crazy popular game. Even though to me it feels very linear and very on rails where you just hack stuff. But explain to me maybe uh, what doesn't appeal to you about just exploring in a game, just building in a game without there being a goal to try to accomplish. So it's super, this is super interesting because we've talked about this with D&D too. Um, and uh, sorry, I got to break away to make this more understandable no totally um when it comes to D, um we've done just about every iteration of magic like how much magical items do you find uh, and this actually happened when we were playing pathfinder because pathfinder allowed you to very much make like a extremely specific um one-of-a-kind character very intricate and so you know, you spent a ton of time, you know, down to the very detail just to get all the little points that you could in each little category. So <laughs> when you did that, um, we found that 
obviously giving more magical items meant that you just had to have bad guys that had more magical items because you had to make up for the stuff that you had in order to make it a fair fight. And it just compounded itself, right? Power creep. We it, played it just, TCGs. We know what power creep is. Yeah, it just gets out of control. By the time you yeah. hit like 12th or 13th level, you're fighting things that have so much magic on them that it's like, well, it doesn't even matter. You're All you're doing is going to sell that stuff anyway. Anyway, it's it and was... For, and for me as a player... I don't uh, like that style when I've played D&D because I have like too many choices to make instead of having a very limited selection of choices, but I have to be creative with those choices. Like I have to be creative with my two magical items because that's all I have and my spells instead of having like a magical item for every situation. Yeah. So then you go to the off far to the all the way to the other side, which is what you're suggesting, which is like this idea that there is very little magic and any that you do find is it's probably going to be pretty simple and just give you a small bonus, but that'll be the thing that makes a difference. Right. Um, and then, so, uh, what I've, what I've found and then, or we played with where there was just no reason to have gear at all. Right. Like we played games where there was just no reason to have gear at all because that's just not the way the mechanics worked. It was more puzzly or like a uh, mystery style. Right. And it's not that I didn't like those games, right? But it, it, without, for me, without the driving force of trying to get something that individualized my character, um, I don't know. It just, it took so much away from the game. Like when I think about playing D&D as a young kid, you know, getting a ring of Featherfall or a cloak of flying or like any of these things that, um, you know, I don't know. They were just like the most amazing thing to me. That was why I wanted to play the game. And so it's, I think it just, it just, it, it assimilates to playing the video games too. It's not that I don't enjoy going and doing that. And I could totally be happy doing it for a little bit, but it would just be at some point I'm going to be like, man, this is just so mundane. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? And then I'll just get bored with it. For a sec there, I was having a hard time seeing how that related to Valheim since you don't really customize your character a, a ton in Valheim or I suppose you do work on what you work on but uh I kind of see what you're saying <clears throat> just in the sense that hmm, let me think about how to say this right here if it's all about if your core love of it is the item then yeah I could see like what's the point in building stuff what's the point in making this big awesome town i don't get an item and it sounds like a lot of it does come down to that for you and we all have that nostalgia of when we were kids and that thing that we loved about these fantasy games you know mine might have been that i like felt like i could literally put you know put my mind in another world right and just like kind of transport and i think i loved that part of it where maybe you were like this item is so cool and so yeah that's that's kind of making sense to me i guess so it's like, let's beat the game, let's beat the next monster, because then I can see what the next item is. Yeah, or what the next level looks like, too. And part of it, too, I think, comes from when I first played EverQuest, because, I mean, A, we just didn't play the game right, but, um, or, you know, we played it right, but not, not, not to the way that would have given me that same like you especially once you got into the guild first and i wasn't in the guild and you well you were like showing me the gear that you were getting 
I re- that's like a vi- like a vivid memory too. Sure. Of that same feeling, that same desire. Well, it's definitely um, a difference between us. Gear has never been. Gear's usually been pretty low on the list of things that I like about a game. There is gear I like, but I've always been more interested in like things that you innately keep, like AAs, for example, to me is a cooler thing in EverQuest than a piece of gear because an AA I get to keep forever. Yeah. I and, I and that so there again it go to me that goes to a place where, you know, you if you don't have the right balance, it gets it gets to be the same thing. The power creep happens too fast. Um, yeah. And so it, it's not that Diablo, the linearness of Diablo doesn't, you know, it doesn't um, affect me because it does. I, I notice it too. And it's, it's, you know, without the choice of where to go and what to do, it's less um, fun. Um but one of the things you run into too is like, oh, here's another example. If you, if I were to get on, if you were to say, "Hey, I, this is what I want to do," right? If you had a vision of it and we're clear about it, I think that I could go, oh, "Okay, that's cool. I can do that," right? Because then I can right. say, "Exactly, I, I, I see the vision. I see the yep. end result. That makes sense to me. Let's do it," right? And then I can participate. But when it's not that, when it's just like, "Hey, I'm going to get Let's on fuck build around. today," well, right. it's what it usually is is i'm gonna build today which is fine right right? and it's like okay but then you don't really want me participating in that which then it's not us really playing together it's just you mind numbing which is fine i get that you know you and i both need that piece of our day to be that way where it's you know ideally every day if i could i think some people read to do this right i call it mind numbing where you're allowing your brain to exist in another place where it's not concerned about this world yeah and uh, some people watch TV, whatever, all those things. That's that's why we play video games, I think. Um, and so, I think you like something that has, sorry to interrupt you there, but yeah. I've been thinking about this the whole time you've been talking, and it was kind of my initial assumptions going into this, is I think you have so many decisions to make in your life that you appreciate a game that has like zero decisions. Like you said, when you get into Valheim with me, I'm excited to make all these like little teeny creative decisions about I'm going to decide to do this or that. And you're like, dude, just tell me what to do. I'm done making decisions this week. And is there any truth to that? Yeah, I think there's a. That's a, probably a lot of truth. the The decisions I like to make in games are, you know, okay, here's the here's the pr- problem presented. Like, the, here's the monster you have to try to kill. Right. right? We we went over there. We tried to kill it. It didn't. It, we died. We got whacked because of X, Y, and Z. Now, what do I need to beat it? Right. Right. What do I have to do in order that That's the kind of contemplation that I thoroughly enjoy. So this is making a little more sense to me now because I also think I associated it a little bit with just the um, the hack and slash linear, but it sounds like that's not actually the draw for you. It's not like you're necessarily, your ideal game is a hack and slash linear because that's kind of what a monk feels like a little bit to me sometimes too, or a DPS class is a bit of like, look, let's just kill and go on and kill and go on and kill. You know, there's a certain draw to that but you're saying it may be a little less of that and more about the items and less about the you won't don't want to have to make all these decisions because that's what you've been doing all week already yeah i think that's part of it i think it's also it's i think it's easier to feel connected that way than it is to be doing something that you know this i my wife does this too where um she wants to be doing something that that she likes to do because she thinks that we're going to all engage in it. But really it's something that only she's engaging in. Right. 
And so then when you try to participate in that engagement, it's not that she doesn't want to, it's just that it doesn't really work because now you're not really doing this vision of what she had thought about doing this other thing, which is somewhat spontaneous. And when, right. especially when you're doing art or whatever, you, you can't really have someone there going, yeah, but that's not the right decision, <laughs> right? You can't use that color. Right. It should that's be more the, like, can I just have you in the same room with me? You can do exactly. whatever you want, but exactly. I just want to be around you. That sounds like the better solution to me. Right. Yes, exactly. And I think those things are slightly different as well. Like I, I want to be engaged with you doing something. Right. And sometimes I think that you just want to be engaged doing something. Like, well, like I don't mind telling you which resource to get next, but I definitely see you get sick of that sometimes. I'm like, go get iron, go right. get copper. You're like, why right. do we need more core wood? Go get core wood. Yeah, why? Go get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually what it turns out to be when I'm just building. You're like, what should I do? I'm like, well, I need this. <laughs> uh, anyway, we got to get into Valheim, Sean. Let's do yeah. it. Ready? I mean, we've been talking about it for a while, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm glad we got that out of the way, though, because I thought that was an interesting topic. Just to, uh, I think a lot of people could relate to that. The aspect in games these days of whether you want open world, full creativity or, or whether linear. But anyway, we've beat that down. So let's get into the game. All right, Sean, you've just beat uh, the planes in Valheim. That's the fifth biome. And from the boss, from beating the boss, uh, you got... Uh, an item that lets you make a new wearable. And this wearable is a wisp light. You combine the item they gave you, I think with like a uh, piece of silver on a crafting table and you make a wisp light and you can swap it out for your belt. Okay. Now we're talking to people obviously who have played this game a little bit. We're not going to, we're not going to take it down to the lowest common denominator people who haven't and explain every little thing. Uh, so you get on your boat and you want to go check out the mistlands. Now you've seen them before. It's that cloud off in the distance. You can't see in there. It's actual mist. You can't see in the biome, Sean. Every time you drive by it, you see some craggy rocks, but then it's just a big cloud of mist. Now it's time to go in there. You take your boat, you're with your bud, you start going in and it's pretty quiet. Like you expected to get attacked right away. You thought maybe there's a new sea monster you know, there's got to be something and the place is pretty quiet. And you're also looking for like a flat place to land and you're not seeing it. You're just seeing all these like teeny craggy islands. And oh, there's an island that looks bigger, but God damn, it's craggy too. Like, I don't even know how we're going to get to the top of it. It's so steep. It's just like a big pillar sticking out of the ocean almost. And finally we find a semi flat place to land and we hear some wings flapping. You're like, fuck was that? We're looking around. We're like, what is it? And we can't see it because our little wisp lights only make it so we can see for about maybe 15 feet around us. And the flappy wings, we don't, oh, is that another one? I hear two. <laughs> Next thing we know, Sean, uh, what comes into our face? What flies right at you? Well, you know, you're not, the first time you see it, you're not really hanging out to like to see but um, what it looks like, you know, and I don't know if you've ever gotten up close to one before, but it looks like a, a flying ant, mm -hmm. um, but a very large one, of course, uh, like the size of a small horse. Yeah. And it's that it's, ant that has, it's the, um, it's the soldier ant that has the huge front pincers. Yeah. So double man, you know, double, um, 
double mandibles and then it's got the two uh, oblong shaped body parts all the legs and the wings and it, it just comes at you um so you know your first instinct is obviously to run um or to try to climb um you better have a lot of stamina when you first get into this zone that's all i'll say and yeah good could, luck yeah. climbing up that sheer cliff what the fuck is this is this how am i supposed to get around in here yeah you better learn how to find cracks and rocks and find green on rocks and corners and rocks so you can get up rocks um, oh, don't so get you, stuck don't get stuck in a little crag where you're like god damn it i can't get oh no it's got me cornered in here <laughs> um yeah sometimes they'll uh you'll think you'll get away from them you'll like get up above them you'll start shooting them and then the next thing you know you'll they'll fly up and they'll get you so you gotta oh, I be bet careful it, i bet it can't get me in the water sean i'll just jump in the water yeah they can swim and attack in the water which oh, makes fuck. it really really bad they don't hit hard though right mm, yeah they do they hit really what? really hard especially when your uh new armor in there is just really unpleasant no, i mean i can just do like a fire potion or a poison potion or a cold potion right they must have some type of like magic attack that i can just resist well just some pincers best oh, bet God is damn it best bet is to pierce piercing best plate <sighs> the um that's actually true yeah the uh that's tip number one everybody you want to get that root armor, the chest plate root armor from the swamp that you get from the abominations because it has resist to piercing. There's a lot of piercing damage in this uh, expansion, including those little fuckers. Yep. Whew. I don't like those things, Sean. No, you are, you learn how to fight them. Your best bet is to wait till they come at you. They, they'll always fly at you first, so let them do that. And, and then once they've landed, you've got a pretty good amount of time. So get up above them and shoot them with your bow. And you can take most of them out. They're not that bad once you get used to them. But then there's their friend called the soldier. Ooh, hold on. Hold on. God damn it. Slow it. Slow your roll. Um, we get a couple items from this dude. So we're here. Uh, and you love new items, right? Because that's new recipes. Yeah, you you get the, a piece of meat from them, and you get a little piece of their armor. Meat. A little seeker meat. And now we're like, how do we use this armor, right? But we can't use it for anything, right? We can't use this armor for nothing. It's called a, a seeker carapace. carapace. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's nothing you can do with it. You don't get any actual recipes. Um, so hold on to question it. Question mark, question mark, question mark. But you can take that seeker meat and go back to your place and throw it on the old spit. Mm -hmm. And you've also noticed that there's these bunny rabbits jumping all around while you're there, too. Oh, they're so cute. They're big, actually. They're called hares. Yeah. They're big. They're called hares. And uh, like the other biomes where they introduce a new animal you can kill for food and resources that doesn't attack you, uh, it keeps getting harder to kill them. These things, even though they're big and they also have like no hit points. They get scared easier. They get scared about as easy as a deer, I'd say, which is, they get pretty scared. They're pretty jittery, but they are faster and uh, more zigzaggy than a deer. They won't stay in one place for a sec like a deer will. They're, they're out of there. Yep. When you eat yep. the seeker meat. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's it. They're easy to kill. You can one shot them and then they, they drop meat and hides. Oh, yeah, baby. You can start using those hides right away to make uh, new rugs. And the uh, meat, uh, you can also start uh, making some new food with that, too. Cook it up. Kick it up, Sean. Kick it up. 
Uh, yeah, I like to shoot him from a distance before you get up there. It works pretty good there. So you've cooked some things up. Uh, now you eat this food, you eat the seeker meat, and you're like, what the shit is this? I have a new resource. I have stamina, health, and how do I pronounce that? E- eater? E- eater. Yeah. It is a Scandinavian game after all. Eater. It's uh, stamina is yellow. Your health is red. And this is purple. So it. You know, we knew that magic was going to be entering the game, and we assumed now that this food was going to help with that. Because what Very they usually exciting. do is they give you a pool from which to work from, and it's based on what you eat, and you can only eat three items at one time. So we have some eat here now. We've killed a couple seekers. And uh, by the way, it wasn't easy. We died. We had to do a corpse run. It was... Yeah, it was an hour. It wasn't fun. But we got our corpses back. Everything's okay now. They're dead. We're like, man, there's not yeah, a hit, lot of... Well, hint number yeah. two hint, hint number two is make sure you get make a backup set of gear, including the mm. wisp light. It's very points. important. Probably two backup sets. And as far as like, as soon as you get to a new place, drop down a portal, that goes extra true here. Double true. This is a dangerous fucking biome, man. Yeah, extremely. Extremely dangerous. And, you know it's not only the height you'll drop and die sometimes because you forget and you can't see very far in front, like you said, and then these things come out of the mist and just whack you. So it's, uh, it's an interesting, they really change the tactics of battle in this particular biome. And I think that's fantastic. It's like the opposite of the planes. Planes is big, wide open, hard monsters, but you're basically on a flat surface the whole time. This is completely different. This is like, a biome that's kind of mostly water and the spots that aren't water are like impossible to get around. Yeah. It's vertical. You get very comfortable jumping. Oh yeah. And we'll get to that. Uh, an item. Speaking of you love items, Sean, there is possibly my favorite item in the game we get in this expansion. It helps you with that. It, yeah. And but, it's, this is another piece where it's so well thought out. Like, you, you know, there's a million magical items you could put in the game. Right. And this one seems so like mundane, right? It's like, what and then you're like oh but it's so <laughs> purposeful and useful absolutely needed yep now we're noticing we kill these seekers and we're moving around some more and still we're like where are the monsters man this this zone is not like the planes where you're running into something every second whether it be this or that here it's like eerily quiet which makes it a little more scary, right? We're like waiting for something to jump out and kill us, whether it be a new sea monster or something. But we know we're looking for something, right? We're always looking for something in those new biomes. And a lot of times it's a dungeon. And finally, it takes us to go to a whole new Mistlands because the first one we went to is Teeny. We find a whole new one. And we run across a huge set of stairs on a little island that's, you know, touching the ocean. And it has two seekers guarding it. And at the top of the stairs, there's an entrance. We're like, well, here we go. We did before that come across. Ah! Like, just... God damn it, Sean. I'm not doing what we actually did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> did you want to talk about the Diverger? Yes. Okay, fine. On the way there, we saw something interesting. <laughs> Hit us up, Sean. Are you sure? It's Is it Okay. No, I want to ruin things here. No, it's not okay, Sean, but I'm going to be okay, right? Okay, so on the way, yeah, we came across some weird dwarf guys that that 
we thought were going to attack us because they had their crossbows and like they're acting weird. You then wanted just, to kill them so bad. You're like, dude, let's kill all these. Fires. I did. I did. Uh, you couldn't target them like straight up. So that was a little bit weird. Um, but then, you know, they had all these crates and chests and things. And I was like, all right, we'll come back to this. We, we can see that there's obviously this is something. And the other thing that you come across early on and then you, you're like, what is this? Is like a big green it's it's from the sky like up until this point you keep seeing this giant root um that goes through the sky like a tree root uh, it's kind of pulsing this vibrant lime neon green and now this root is in this biome it's like in the biome and so you you do come across that and you can tell that you can interact with it but you have no way to interact with it yet i can't cut it can't cut it you can't chop it you can't mine it nothing but wait, I do see a little new tree growing on top of it. Before we go in the dungeon, can we go up and try to chop this tree down? You can chop the tree down, yes. This is weird. I have not seen very many trees. They're super sparse here. It's like I've, I I look around me and I see maybe two trees. Yeah, and you do get a new type of wood from it. Yes, you do. Whoa, really? Yeah. But wait a second. We harvested that first tree just fine, but the second tree, I cut it down, and it fell down the side of the craggy cliff right into the ocean. What the fuck? How am I supposed to get it now? Yeah, like I'd say probably like 70% of the trees you find are going to have that issue. What? Yeah. So you're telling me there's hardly any of these trees. Yeah. And hard to most find. of them and just fall do, in the fucking ocean? Or like into the into the mountain just disappear. I've seen that happen many times too. Just bye-bye. Oh my God. That's smogs now. Well, did, uh, I bet we got a new recipe. Oh my God, we did. We can combine this with fucking... Uh, our black metal and make a new pickaxe. Holy yep. shit. Yeah. There's wonder- a few things you can make from when you get that. I bet we're going to get to something like that. Cause I bet after this dungeon, we're going to find a couple more things, but we, we had in the dungeon, right? And, uh, right away, it looks like there's, we can go straight or we can go down. And what is that off in the distance? Nothing's attacked us yet, but I see a bunch of little glowing, gross looking white eggs. You know what? I don't like this whole expansion. Everything's really eggy and like buggy. And I don't like things that are bugs that are big, Sean. Yeah, it's insecty. I'd say it's what? very insecty. Yeah, this but whole too expansion. Big. Yeah, yeah. So it's true. You walk up to these things eventually when you're not scared and you kill them. And then no, I'm they scared. T- I don't want to. Will you go up there? They pop, they pop and they turn into these little larvae. Seeker broodlings. Yeah, and they're so they're like baby seekers, and they Sean, don't. Sean, we kill those, please, with your your oh, AOE hammer. They're gross, but you kill them. They're not hard to kill. Ooh, there's some jelly next to them that I can harvest. Ooh, I bet this is for a new recipe. Yep, you can make some nice new food with your jelly. Ooh, we got some jelly. Oh my god, here comes a seeker. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. That's how it is in there. Like you end up, these dungeons end up just being filled with them. Obviously, it's like a huge nest. No, wait um, a second. I like fighting the Seekers in here more because I don't have to worry about jumping up and down crags and getting stuck in the ocean. We're actually, I mean, it's crowded in here, but that's actually kind of nice because they can't fly around and dive bomb me. Yeah, so two things happen once you start to get into the dungeons. You realize that you know fighting together is extremely powerful in here because there's a lot of doorways and narrow hallways. And so if you allow the mobs to come through the door and you split the doorway, then they can only really attack one of the two of you. The other one gets the backside and it's just, you, you, we, we started to wreck once we got in here. We started to move a lot faster once we 
got into these, we just started searching for these dungeons because we were getting everything we needed. Um, because what these are are old dwarven stronghold, the Verger strongholds, and so they've been taken over. But what you end up finding are secret doors throughout. Mm-hmm. Our first secret door took us a while. We cleared a whole dungeon, and before you go in, there's a Diverger standing outside who's like, or no, there's a ruin outside that's like, remember to look for secret doors, and we're like, the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. The first dungeon we cleared the whole thing, and we're like, where's the secret door? And eventually we went back in. We're like. This door looks different. This wall looks different. Let's try opening this thing. But, Sean, before we get to what's on the other side of the secret door, we just took out this seeker that dive-bombed us. We got it in a doorway, right? Put up our shield, hacked it to death. It's getting a little easier. Man, those pincers hurt. But there's inside this piece of glass I just shattered, there's like a fragment, a diverger fragment. No idea what this thing's for. Yeah, we don't know what that's for. We end up finding out later. Um, but for now, we just collect them. Keep moving. And, yeah, there's... Okay, I see the secret door you're talking about, and we're heading over to it. What the fuck? What are those, Sean? Those look like little red balls that are bouncing around on the other side of that wall. What are those? Yeah, uh, so this is what, like one the of the most fr- are those? frightening things in the game. There's two things in this biome that... <laughs> I'm going to break the door. I'm going to break it open. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Sean! It's on me. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. These things move incredibly fast. It's on me. Yeah. Then they jump on you and they attach to you and they suck your blood dry and they're called ticks. They're giant ticks and they're gross. Yeah. It's not fun. It's horrid. Your friend can kill it though when it's on you. Thank God. Um, So a lot of times he'd be running around in circles screaming like that. Get it the fuck off. And I'd be like, I'm almost stop dead. running. Stop running. Just stand still. These things are so freaky. They're huge. Yeah, it's terrible. You can get multiple ones on you, two, three, four on you at a time. Uh, I've, I've seen him run out of a room before with two or three on him. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Um, but oh. ultimately, there's two ways. You can run over to your buddy and stand still and let them kill him. Or you can stop, drop, and roll. You can evade. Um, yeah. And that's the best way. Because if you evade, they, they come off uh, and then you can kill them. They're not that bad once you get used to them. But the first couple of times you see them, it's, it's really frightening. They can climb, they can swim, and they move very fast. So they're they're coming at you and they jump too. Yes. Although, and they jump far, like a jumping spider that you're looking at. That thing can't get to me. It can fucking get to you. It's so yeah. freaky. These things are terrifying. And this is... For me, the best thing about Valheim is when things go from peaceful to, oh, this is so terrifying in my gut, like my my soul. There's something about my core genetics that just is repulsed by these things that make me want to kill them so much. And they, they really accomplish that with this expansion. Yeah, most of the things in here are pretty terrifying. And, you know, especially once you start to get to the one star, two star, because they, they change the colors and everything. Ugh. So it just gets more and more. It gets more and more frightening. Um, so yeah, we, we just died, uh, and had to do another corpse run. So that was fun. And sh- sure. Maybe it was my fault. Cause I decided to open that door with the ticks on the other side before we decided what to do, but it was fun, right? Hey, here's another t- tip. Um, you know, if you've made a whole bunch of, um, bombs, the poison bombs, yeah, which I highly bombs. recommend make a ton of ooze bombs before you go in here. And then you can throw them at these doors when you hear things behind it and you'll kill everything behind the doors before you go through them. 
Um, it works extremely well. We we figured that out pretty early on. I'll say you you figured that out pretty early on, and um, it it was super super helpful. Um, and one ooze bomb will kill all the ticks. Two will kill all the seekers. Then all you have to deal with is like any one star seekers or whatever. And you can you do the same trick once you get the magic. Um, because there's a radius magic, but then <laughs> that really becomes your best. You, that, the other thing, yeah, once you've got into these dungeons and you have the magic stuff, it really does become your best friend because you're in a confined space doing basically shooting fireballs and it's just extremely powerful. Now, here's one of those secret doors. This thing looks cool. It's teeny. That's interesting. We open it up and whoa, there's like a new core. It's just like the old uh, Certling cores like on the stands, but these ones are like purple and black. Yeah, these become your new building um, base building tool. You need them for a lot of different things, including making your magic staffs. Um, so yeah, it, this becomes um, very powerful. This piece, getting this piece, and realizing that they're in these dungeons, and so yeah, this becomes your kind of your goal for a while is getting through these dungeons. You also find, can I say it now, the giant version, the oh soldier. My God. And not, oh you'd find God. it out in the wild too, but it's easier to deal with there because they don't fly. But, but man, there's no way things... we'd find two at the same time in one of these dungeons, right? That's oh, impossible. Man. Or three. <laughs> Shut yeah. up. Yeah. Crazy amounts of these things in there sometimes. The good news is that they're big enough to not fit through some doorways. So again, if you have your bow. Wait, how big are we talking? Place... These can't be super big. These aren't yeah. as big as like Ecothere, uh, are they? Yeah, they're they're gigantic. I don't recommend going sword and board against these unless you've got your full maxed out gear. Then you can start to handle it a little better. They're big. They're big. They're easy to deal with in most rooms, but sometimes, like if they're below you on a staircase that comes down to the middle of a room, that can be difficult. Bring they're your bigger bombs. than a locks. Don't you let think the stairs get bigger destroyed. than a locks. Uh, they're bigger than a locks. Yeah, it's, that's what I said. They're bigger, just FYI. I don't know why you're always arguing with me on whether they're bigger than a locks or not. How do who but, do you think would win in a fight between these and a locks? Oh, the soldier would just destroy. It'd be like three three clicks with its giant pincers. Again, it's piercing damage. It's physical. There's no resistance that's going to help you, and they're not uh, vulnerable to any of your shit. Well, one believe... thing we did one thing we did learn at the end of this expansion that we could have used more often. We used Ecothere throughout this expansion. It's very, yes. very useful. But yes. one that would have been very useful to use when we went into these dungeons, which we didn't, was yes. Bone Mass, because Bone Mass gives you defense against piercing, slashing, and bludgeoning, which you can also use in the final fight. Highly recommended. Hint, hint. We realized that in the last fight. We were like, how do we beat this last boss? And we're like, wait a second. We should be using this instead of, you know, th this is, we should be using the, uh, what is it? Uh, Yaguf. Bone mass. Oh, no, bone mass. Sorry. Yeah, you just said that. Uh, it's perfect. Everything in this uh, biome, for the most part, is physical damage, and, and bone mass is great against physical damage. Other than when you're, like, jumping around on top of these craggy mountains and you need Etir or Ekthir, uh bone mass is the way to go. And that's definitely a, a punt that we made, but figured out at the very end. But, hey, now we bring it to all of you. So there's really only two more things that you need to really kind of know about. You, you find a lots of other, one of the main other things you find on your exploring outside the dungeon are these giant skeletons. What? Yeah, they're like giant bones of like skeletons. Like Martin Skeleton? And they have 
uh, usually a shield or a sword or sometimes both like what? laying out there rusting in the field with them. Like a yeah, little one, like a rusty sword, like an orc giant. carrying a rusty sword in Freeport. It's, imagine a giant skeleton with a giant sword and shield. What? Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing. You're going to need to harvest that stuff because you need to build, um, you're going to need the metals from it to make your some of your stuff to get going in some of these biomes. But after that, you don't really need to collect the swords and shields. However, the bone gives you obsidian or sorry, marble. marble. Yeah, black marble. marble. Now, this is not the best way to collect the black marble, but no, it's not. it is a good way to get brains, which you need oh, very, very badly in order to make a lot of the best stuff. Brains. So you have to go inside the skull of the skeleton. Now, I'm going to give you a little tutorial on how to make sure this works perfectly for hold you. Hold on, hold on. I'm what am I looking at here? Am I looking at like a big Imagine sp- imagine a dead giant skeleton that Like when what it kind died, of skeleton it, are we talking about? Like an ogre? No, like a giant. Like a just a giant. Yeah. Like a giant person or something, like a giant human. A giant. A giant is its own class. A giant, oh. you know, giants, oh. you know, they are their oh. own thing. They're called giants. Yeah. 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 yeah, those. Not like okay. a giant anything, but just a giant. I thought and these so- were dragons. When it, They're not dragons? When, no, it's got a very a humanoid shape. Oh, I thought the you know, head the was skull, dragon-like. The chest. But what you're going to see is basically just the rib cage and the, and the skull. The like dragon a, rib cage. Halfway buried in the ground. And you don't want the head to be buried at all. You want the full head exposed. That's the best way because you'll get all the brains. Wait, I just found a rib cage and there's no fucking head on this one. Yeah, that happens a lot because it's usually like what ang- angled in a weird direction. Yeah, yeah. But Hold you'll on. find the right ones. You'll find the right ones. I don't. Also, this is the first flat spot that I've found in the Mistlands. It's almost like we're in a little valley here. It's like I can actually walk. This is nice. Yeah, that's where they always be in a flat spot when you find them. And Wait, sometimes the fuck? there's sticks here. Yeah, a lots fucking of ticks. seeker. So you'll start making a lot of noise generally. And I'm again, I'm going to explain how to get into the head really quickly. So you want to start like where the nose is on the bridge of the nose and you want to crack the forehead open right there. And you want to make sure that you go in there because you can work your way back and then down. And once you get down a certain ways, you don't have to worry too much about what's above you because once you clear out the entire bottom, it'll all just fall and you can get it all. And then you can just crack your way out. Sean, why do you always sing uh, Dr. Lobotomy when you're in mm-hmm. there doing that? Uh, it's, it's pretty obvious, I think, why. It feels like that. It's concerning. You sound the happiest you've ever been when you're in there singing Dr. Lobotomy. I think they stack in 40, and I think you can walk away with like about 60 from most of these if you do it right. Um, but then what's going to inevitably happen is one of the worst Oh, worst feelings that this zone will ever give you. It's horrid. No. It's absolutely no, no, no. horrible. Yeah. We've already seen enough bad things. Oh, it's really, this is the worst. When you, once no, you no, think we saw the worst it, thing. It was the yeah. soldier. That was the boss. Yeah, yeah. You think that like fighting, maybe fighting the Verger is going to be the hardest. No, 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 what? no, 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 no. This, this <clears throat> other, yeah, you start to hear that. You hear that sound. You're like, oh, what is that? I don't know. It's nothing, I guess. Oh, it's nothing, I guess. Oh, it's nothing. Then all of a sudden, like an entire area around you will explode with fire. Just explode with fire. Like a giant radius around you will explode with fire. What? And when you look over your shoulder, because you're like, what's behind me? You don't see anything. But you realize up in the air. Don't look up, Sean. You see this, what I'll call a giant brain with five 
six tentacles shooting out the sides of it, like wiggling at you. And then underneath, it just looks like all this bulbous, semicircular nastiness. And what you don't realize is not only is this thing firing fireballs out of its mouth at you, but as soon as you look, turn around and look up, it drops the, all of these little balls start dropping out of the sky. And once they land on the ground, you make the horrid realization about what it is that just landed. It's ticks. I can't fight ticks and this thing at the same time. That's not going to happen. I need to run away right now. So generally when this happens, you're like in a valley because you had to go down to the base to get to this stuff. And now you got to jump out fighting ticks and this flying thing. It is so horribly terrible. Oh, the best way to kill them is to get two people and make them go opposite directions so you can, or get get to a new biome so you can actually just run and stay far enough away from it. Yeah. But those so- things are nasty. What's interesting about this is that even though it shoots fire, you want to hit it with fire too. So you're going to want fire resistance for these and it helps a lot, a lot. Like if you did fire resistance pot and popped your bone mass for piercing resist, you've taken care of the tick damage and the fire damage. You've really helped yourself in this fight immensely if you do those two things together. Uh, But yeah, you can take this thing uh, into the forest. You can take a lot of these monsters into the forest. Taking a Seeker Soldier, one of those huge new creatures, into the Black Forest is actually a lot of fun. Because they'll get distracted. They'll stop chasing you and they'll start chasing deer. Those I (laughs) had the funniest thing happen the other day. I got a Seeker Soldier, one of the big mugs, down so low that then a Grayling killed it by hitting it once. It was so funny. Because they don't like each other. For some reason, these uh, monsters in this biome don't get along with most of the monsters in any of the other biomes. Yeah, I think this is like the one of the most brilliant things I've seen put in a video game in a long time. It literally frightens you the first time. Like it'll scare the shit out of you, and it'll it, it, it's just so good. It's it's not impossible to kill, but it's really difficult. You got to figure it out, and then like it's just once that sound has been associated with it every time you hear it it doesn't matter how good you've gotten yeah it's the same feeling man it's just horrid it's such a terrible feeling and like you want to run uh anyway it's really really well done my favorite part everybody because we talked about how a lot of times sean would go out collecting resources while i built and sean would be out collecting resources and he'd keep saying i hear it i hear it and then he'd say it was always right above you right every time you'd finally see it you'd look up Yep. Not only was it above you, it was like touching you right above yeah. you, like trying to kiss you. I got you. <laughs> bit by one. I got bit by one, yeah. And I didn't even think that was possible, right? Because it doesn't look like something will bite you. But one bit me and it like it, it killed me instantly. It killed me. Oh, my God. I love this game. All right. We also find two new plants in uh, this new biome. Again, when you're just like walking around, just like onion seeds, you can find uh, a glowy blue plant and a glowy yellow plant. Now, I got to say, I love what they did with planting in this game because they simplified it. I think they recognize that taking care of carrots, onions is like just too much work. You got to plant the seeds, then you got to plant the thing, then you got to plant the seeds again. And they kind of started to fix that in the last one with the wheat and the barley. And now they've continued that. And I think they've even made it. So you harvest, it it seems like the whole process is getting easier as far as gardening goes. Yeah. I think this is somewhat intentional in the beginning to slow you, keep you kind of slowed down the the river the river is a little wider a little less fast but by the time you're at the t- place you are now they're the other they're making it wider in other areas so there's you know there was all this magic to craft there was all this other stuff to get 
Um, and so I think that they need, they needed to simplify some of the other things like make, making the food can't take up a third of your time anymore. It can only take up like a sixth of your time, which I think is smart. In and the beginning, would, it can take up more. It could take up half. And I don't know if they should completely fix this. Maybe the mundaneness of this is important to the game. Uh, but to me, the thing that I think needs to be worked on is just managing your resources and boxes because it feels a little bit like the game where you're always managing your inventory sometimes. You know what I mean? Like every time you move around, you're like, I got to go back and put all my shit in boxes again. And just so much like putting your shit away, grabbing shit. It's, it's, I don't know if they should simplify it though or not, or if the tedious of that tediousness is good. I think the one thing they could do that would make it still, you have to have it organized, but can make it much more simple once you do is just the one click offload. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I think they should do if they're going to do anything. Just once you have it in a place, then once you're like within a radius of it, you can just click un- unload to boxes and it'll automatically do it. Yeah. So you just like click on your wood and it would automatically go in a box that already had wood somewhere around you. Yeah. And I'm, or maybe the other option would be to make an area where once you're in it, you have access to all the boxes. So you can just see right. them all in, in one time. Oh, um, that'd be sweet. That would be maybe even better. It would like but, combine it into one huge box almost. Yeah, like you can you can still just you don't have to walk up to each box individually and be in the exact right area. You just click on this thing and you have access to them all. We're almost there, everybody. We're almost to the end. Uh, you did mention that we found some new friends. They didn't want to attack us, but man, they look kind of evil. I kind of I kind of want to kill one, but you seem like you really want to kill one. Yeah, I was right off the bat. I wanted to take these things down because they had stuff that we needed i figured like slow down sean i'm like (laughs) i'm over here trying to like garden and you're already trying to beat new shit let's slow where's the fire where is it one of the things you'll figure out is that these things oftentimes find the skeletons before you do and harvest all the stuff so they have all these crates lying around they really made a story with this expansion there's a whole story about how the diverger have been trying to keep this thing in check and uh, you come in here and you bust it out. Yeah, I do say, though, that, you know, obviously, once you've fought, made enemies with them, it's not that you make enemies with all of them, which is good. It's only the ones that are within that vicinity, which is good. Um, but yeah, basically, you can start a fight by multiple ways. You can break their stuff or take, you can sh- take it or you can shoot a fireball at them, you know any one of those things. Um, and they're not easy to kill. Um, there are one stars as well. And if you, um, if you kind of be a little bit tactical about it there, it's not as hard. Um, uh, they are, they are usually in a strongholds, which are made with the marble. And so once you're done disposing of them, you can dispose of their entire structures, which will give you a ton of marble and iron. Um, and that's generally the best way to collect that stuff. Yes. Um, you also get some cool uh, lanterns. And I love these things because from a building aspect, I finally get a light source in the house that I don't have to refill. These are like permanent light lanterns. They're awesome. They are pretty pretty sweet, actually. Really cool design. You can also carry them around, which is cool. One, so you don't have to have a torch or whatever. It's just a permanent light you can pull out if you want it. Um, doesn't help you in the Mistlands Mist, but it'll help you in other zones at night quite a lot man sean we've killed all this stuff let's go make some gear if we're gonna try to fight the boss we're gonna have to take use of all this stuff like make shit 
Let's talk about my favorite item in the game. We get a new cloak. Wait a second. The armor class is worse than the locks cloak. I don't want it. Yeah, this armor class of one compared to a four, I believe. But uh, it gives but. you feather, feather fall, which is just Ooh. so key once you're in the doing your thing. You know, when you're running away from mobs, or it's just so much easier to escape when you have that. You can run and jump off of the highest place and just drift all the way down and get away from whatever you're fighting. It's it's very, very, very useful. Dude, you can go totally flying squirrel with this thing. Like, you can jump off the top of a snowy mountain and get to the bottom without ever touching the mountain again. Just glide it down. Yeah, it's it's very, 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 very useful throughout the rest of the expansions. It's very useful, too, I'm sure. Um, but I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, it probably was my second favorite. I, I think the staffs were really well designed, very, very well thought out, not overpowered, not overpowered, but needed. Um, and they just in, the game, in my mind, should if it advances at the right speed, should mean that the things that you're getting in this, you know, biome will definitely help you in the previous biome and help you in the in the one you're in, right? And that does this to a to a T. You get one staff that puts a shield on you, um, which is extremely useful. Whoa. And if you're standing next to somebody, it'll shield them as well. Second staff is ice. Third staff is fire. The ice is directed. It kind of uh, like a machine gun style, but kind of fires off, you know, not randomly, but not exactly where you're aiming. And then the fireball is exactly where you're shooting, but it uh, is a radius explosion. They both have tons of uses. And then the fourth thing you can make that's a magic item uh, is a skull, which basically makes you into a necromancer. So you can bring up to two skeletons. Um, I'm sorry, three skeletons uh, alive to help fight stuff. And again, it's not great in the current biome, but like in the previous biomes, like if you're just going to collect resources, you put those skeletons there to protect you. You don't have to worry about anything bothering you. That just I will say though, for the EQ heads out there, we're talking shanter pets, not mage pets. Right? These things are dumb as fuck. They don't do anything until like something attacks you. You can't like no, tell that's them right. what to do. No, you can't, but There's they're like, powerful. There's like derp a derp a derp. There could be something shooting you from the other side of the thing, and they'll just be like, hey, buddy, can I get some coffee? Yeah, that's true. They got to they gotta be in the radius of getting activated. But yes, they're they're powerful once they do. I'd, um, I'd shove they, my finger up one of their butts for sure. <laughs> and then you can make all the car paces that you find into armor along with um, building a new contraption to take the sap from that green root that you find um so you combine that stuff with a new you also build a new extractor um and then you combine this brains with the sap and you get this new material that you start to make all this stuff with um it's like a green glowing orb really cool all looks cool it's all good concept stuff um and and even the contraption that you make you know it's just so well thought out. It It is powerful contraption, so it shoots off these sparks. And if you don't yeah. have it protected by a specific material, it'll just blow whatever it is up eventually. So uh, I recommend using marble and build a small wall next to it so that it doesn't blow up your entire camp. Smart yeah, so stuff. if you're wondering, like, you know, do we get a new smelter do we get a new crafting table do we get new food do we get new armor you get everything this is the expansion that gives you a little bit of everything you know you do have a new way to melt down metals you do have 
it's, which is that that we just discussed. Uh, you do have a new bench, uh, the food. You got everything. You don't have a new tameable uh, uh, animal. The hare is not tameable. We tried. You'd think they'd like carrots, but I, was it something about you, Sean? Because they didn't. They definitely didn't shine to you. Well, I tried to have the pigs eat them, and it didn't work. So it could be that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great game. It's a really great game. I highly recommend it. Um, even if you just want to try it for this expansion again, if you want to try on Saturday mornings, we'll both be willing to do it, I think. So yeah, uh, let's get into that. But first, we've uh, left one thing out, and this is something that uh, I think I've experimented with more because it's more of the house building, and that's you can make two defensive weapons. Uh, you can make a ballista and a trap, and the trap is what you'd call like a bear trap, right? These are really cool, and I'm starting to play with these. Like, even though we've beaten the boss. Oh, and by the way, we, we're not done yet, Sean. we got to talk about the boss, too. <laughs> even though we've beaten the boss, uh, I've still been having fun going back and playing. And the trap, uh, you set it on the ground anywhere you want, and if something walks on it, it's going to, you know, snap and hurt them, including you. So look out. The ballista is more powerful. It's this huge crossbow you can set up on your base, and... You can put uh, ammo in it, like these this new ammo that uh, hits them pretty good. It takes like four hits to kill a Seeker, for example. And it's neat because you can put in a trophy for the type of mob you want it to hit. So it's very specific. Or you can put in nothing that'll hit anything that walks around it, including you. So <laughs> once you've set it to anything, get the fuck out of there because <laughs> it'll start hitting you. But they're really neat. They're ways of just protecting your base automatically. But one thing that you're not going to find at your base is the boss. Now, it took us fucking forever to find the boss. I didn't go in order of how we actually did this expansion, everybody. Our experience was very different, I think, than a lot of people's because the very first mob we found was, which is supposed to be like the hardest shit. We're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> we thought this was normal. We, we found the hardest thing right away. And then we literally looked for the boss for about two weeks before we found it. Um Finally found it, went into a dungeon, found a rune stone that told us where it was. It was one of those things where we had gone right past it at one point, but, you know, finally find this thing and Sean, break it down for me. It's easy, right? Easy boss. Yeah, totally. Easy mode. I, yeah, just, I don't think you really need to even worry about getting gear for this one. Just go I wouldn't in. gear up. No, I'd go sword and not even a shield. Just go sword and then just go right up to the, the swing, swing, swing. It's about 10 swings, I'd say, and it's going to Sword die. and undies. Yep. Yeah. Get in there. No, this is no. by far the hardest boss for sure next to Bone Mass. I think Bone Mass is still at the time of the level was so difficult, but th this I one agree. is e we, equal. We, agreed. Yep. Equal to that. And if you don't cheat, it's really, really difficult. Like if you don't look up ways, I think we were very close to kind of figuring it out. Anyway, because we experimented with a lot of different things. Um, but the basics of this thing are this. It's about a four-leveled stairway up. And this oh, mob... Oh, oh, is we should tell everybody, most uh, bosses you fight are out in the open world. Uh, every one of them until this point. This is an actual dungeon you go into. Yep. So you go into the dungeon, and it's a four-tiered upwards... The ground floor being the largest, say, rectangle. Um, and then it goes up. But you're going to do all the fighting on the bottom floor um, because it just turns out to be easier that way. But you'll notice as you're in this space, there's all these pillars that are covered in the weird gook. It looks like a 
I don't know, honey or something. I don't so like it. It's anyway, it's, there's big holes and, you know, obviously something is going to be coming out of there eventually. And it does. Um, so you finally engage with the, the queen. What, wait, what does she look like? Does she look like uh, Queen Elizabeth? Oh, no, nah, it's like a giant centipede. Oh, so nasty. Giant, like, like giant, like b- bigger than the other bosses. I'd say it's on par with some yeah. of the other big bosses. Yeah, I'd um, say it's on par with Yaguth, who's I think been the biggest one. But that and the uh, Modor, right? Yeah, it's about Modor. As big as those. I'd say it's about the size of Modor. It takes up a big chunk of this fucking room. It's not like you're in the hugest space. Like, it takes up some elbow room in there for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically you have a corridor where it's fairly safe to be like, nothing can really get at you except for the, like it, she can't get at you. The other smaller things can that she spawns. No, she doesn't spawn shit. Get out of here. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you'll, you'll notice pretty quickly that she'll rear up and scream. And that's when all these things will start crawling out of the walls and the pillars. And so seekers, it's probably like four or five per time she does it come to help. And then some small ones come too. And that's just during the first like phase. Once you get her down to about a third, uh, so three quarters of her life still left, let's say a quarter is gone, then she starts to um, kind of change it up a little bit. She starts to burrow every once in a while. And then when you get it down to about half, she starts to do this um, poison attack where yeah. she's, um, so there's three attacks that she does normally. It's like a swing with a pincer doesn't scare me five my or, shield up and all my good armor that doesn't scare me she'll rear back and like snap her head down that one hurts pretty good oh ouch <clears throat> no, i don't want to get hit by that one yeah and then there's the third one which is to call her militia then then she gets to the fourth attack which is this poison attack that she does which is a area of effect and then it, once the effect of the poison is done and all these little creatures uh, those little larvae are left behind let's say like 10 or 15 of them and so there's times where you can end up with like 20 something ads in the room. So you make sure you kill all those always keep those killed first. Um, and then eventually she'll start to do the burrowing, the, all, all of the attacks basically, um, at once and more often she'll, so like you'll hit her a few times and she'll take off on you, but you know, you whittle her down. We're not going to give you the exact specifics on the best way to do it. Yeah, I am. Okay. I guess he is. Spoiler but, uh, alert, everybody! <laughs> yeah, we, you know there is a better way to do it than others for sure. And yep. here, here, here's what it is. So I'm going to tell y'all what I think is the optimal way to do this. Just because I like this in podcasts, especially if it's a game I know I'm not going to play, I just like to know shit like this. I think it's fun to hear all the spoilers of the best way to do things. So if you don't want to hear the best way to kill the queen, see you later, alligators. Uh, as far as food goes, I'd go uh, double magic food uh, and then one health food. Don't worry about your stamina as far as food goes in this fight. And obviously get the best health food you can, which I think is the mist hair and the best magic foods, which I think is the porridge and the, um, it's not the stuffed mushrooms. It's the other one that's the uh, auspice or whatever. Um, head in there with uh, full gear as far as uh, armor goes uh, with the actual high AC armor. Don't go in there with the mage armor. That's another thing you can make, by the way, is you can make this new mage armor, which makes your uh, magic uh, regen go up quicker. But go in there with full armor armor. I even like to get rid of the feather cloak and go back to the lox cloak at this point just because it's more AC. Make sure you have your uh, ability uh, set to... Uh, 
bone mass. Uh, it's absolutely crucial in here. It's so useful. Make sure you have a stack of poison potions for once she starts to unpoison. If you have two people, because that's how we did it, um, you each go in with a magic staff. We did one had fire, one had ice, and you just run around and keep hitting her and keep hitting her adds with these staffs. The nice thing about these staffs is they will not use your stamina. So other than an occasional jump or sprint, you don't really have to worry about stamina very much in this fight. Um, I do like to use lingering stamina potions as well, though. That's very helpful. I think they're better than the uh, just fill you back up stamina potions. And of course, the health potions as well. Uh, so we each have a staff. We're each bombing her and bombing her friends. But uh, then we run out of E-tier, right? We can hit her about four times and our E-tier is gone. And this is where we switch. Now, I was switching to bombs. I would switch to either the brand new fire bombs you get from killing the big things. But I also had a bunch of poison bombs with me, too. And since this area has a lot of adds and it's very tight, the bombs work very well. So while my E-tier was going back up and regenerating, I would walk around and throw these bombs in the room. Sean would then switch to sword and board and clean up all the, like, single adds. And then we would have our E-tier back again, and we would switch back to the weapons and bomber again. I think we had to, like, run out of the room once or twice to, like, repair our stabs or to rest up because it is a very long fight. But that's about it. Yeah, the best thing you can do is have a fire built, like, right out that door. Yes. Because as soon, as soon as you go out the fire there, you start to rest, and it, you get your stuff back so fast. I mean, really, honestly, if you're just going back and forth doing that, especially if she, when she burrows, she basically goes to the top floor and comes back down. So just take that time to go out there and do it anyway. Yep. Um, it, it's so it, it's actually not that hard once you get the pattern down. Um, <clears throat> yeah, use an ice wand and a fire wand combination, I think, is really key. Also, because uh, the ice wand slows her down quite a bit enough to like make it pretty effective. And, and you end up with around 200 of each. I think it's 186 health and 186 mana, which is a lot. And you you can you can just unload on her when she's coming down those stairs. So anyway, you'll get used to the pattern. Good luck and enjoy. Yeah. If you need help, let us know. Took us a bunch of tries. So as far as going forward, let's wrap this up, Sean. Um, we are playing Diablo 4 right now. Uh, I don't know how comfortable you are with this, Sean, but the most fun I had playing yesterday was when Serb joined us. That's right, everybody. Big Swerve joined us. And I thought it was fun. I was like, man, wouldn't this be fun to have like a party of six? Just fucking destroying everything, especially people that we knew. So I was like, well, how do we play with other people in Diablo 4? Because uh, this is one of those things where you can just invite people to your party. You don't have to be the same level. Isn't that cool? You can just invite people to your party. And I'm like, well, that means we have to become friends on Steam for people to join us. However, I'm using my son's Steam account and I don't feel comfortable giving it out to a bunch of old dudes. <laughs> So I don't know, Sean, if you're comfortable with giving out your Steam account, but if we do do that, it is going to not be on the podcast, but it is going to be in our Discord. So if you're out well, there in the Discord, what the heck? Yeah, yeah we, we, you know, why don't we judge it by who asks for the help? Yeah. And, and if you ask help. and you we say no, then you'll know. You get, you'll know. Yeah, you got to work on know. stuff. You'll just yeah, work you got stuff work to work stuff. on. And we'll tell so you. So Sean is going to uh, put his uh, Steam uh, name out there in the Discord, and if y'all want to come... Uh, well, first of all, you got to become a patron to get in the Discord. Oh, also, uh, you're getting episodes a week early now if you're a patron. Uh, so they're showing up on Patreon uh, one week, like right after we record it. And then a week later, it'll be coming out to everybody. So that's one of the biggest, big bonuses you get now with Patreon. But um, yeah, and then on the same note, Sean, I think we should start an open world Valheim. 
I think uh, uh, Ty uh, has offered to boot one up again. And I still am absolutely in love with the game. And uh, if we make it an open world uh, dedicated server, I don't need to be playing for other people to play. People can go play whenever they want. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Well, there you go. If there's interest, people show interest. I think that sounds fantastic. Yeah, and I think people have shown interest. There's been a couple of people in the Discord while we were playing who are like, hey, is yours a uh, dedicated uh, server that any of us can join? And we're like, no, there you sorry. Go. There but, you go. Uh, let's do it. Back, back. Let's go. You want to play uh, a little Diablo right now, don't you? I can hear it. I can feel uh, it. I actually have to use the restroom really badly. So I'm going to say goodbye, everybody. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Appreciate you very much. Really do. I hope you have a fantastic afternoon. I want to talk car, about something really cool. I, I want to talk about fixing plumbing, Sean. Let's talk about waterfalls. I want to talk about waterfalls. Talk about it all you want. I want to talk about the Hoover Dam and the Panama Canal. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.